That is a hot take. Prove uh, wrong. Never I've wrong. never been wrong before. Right. Yeah, you're wrong this time, Paulie. Syracuse basketball is a name brand. The cream rises to the top, Paulie. The Yankees will be there. Paulie asked that question on purpose, and I just don't like Paulie right now. <laughs> Nobody needs a six-hour baseball game. If you're going to lose that many face-offs and you only lose by a goal to a number one team, is it really so bad? You claim that my buddy doll is as dependent as a child. Yeah, that's a great idea. I don't think you can get away with that. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. It is Orange Nation with Pauly Sebelia and Sal Manin today. Sal, uh, how are you? After a very interesting weekend, we've got some lacrosse news breaking over the weekend that John Desco will be retiring. Um, uh, what was your first initial reaction to that as you heard the news? I mean, I saw it on Twitter first, a tweet from Inside Lacrosse, and that wasn't the headline, which is astounding. You know, a Hall of Famer retiring seemingly at the top or near the top of his game. I mean, obviously, we know that the last few years did not end in a Final Four run or certainly a championship for SU, but Syracuse has been in the mix in men's lacrosse every year, you know, going back multiple decades, all of which John Desco has been a part of the program in some way, shape, or form. So, obviously, the fact that a Hall of Famer, especially because it seems like we've been seeing this a lot in college sports recently, certainly with Coach K last week and Roy Williams and men's basketball, but to see a Hall of Famer elect to call it a career when last we heard he he said he was planning to coach and hoping to coach and i saw just a week or so ago when the recruiting period was reopened and college coaches could go on the road and visit recruits in person there's pictures online of john desco down on long island visiting joey spolina the number one recruit in the class of 2022 so i'm still shocked obviously that desco is retiring what he means to the program, the obvious through line, direct through line that you draw right from him through the Simmons family all the way to Laurie Cox, who was the first coach that SU men's lacrosse ever had. And then, of course, the second half of this story that we'll get to, the that Gary Gate is taking over for him. I'm still just, like, blindsided, shocked. My brain is having difficulty trying to process all of this. Yeah, and... Uh... We'll definitely get into that more. Uh, I'm not exactly exactly a fan of how that's going down, but uh, we will uh, we'll discuss that. What, what do you make of the whole him announcing that you know what I'm not going anywhere if I have a say in it? Just a matter of a couple weeks ago, before the Georgetown game, and then after the Georgetown game, said, "Hey, if I have a say in this matter, I'm not going anywhere." And now we're hearing that he's retiring. I mean, that's what obviously one of the the many questions that I'm sure everybody wants to ask of Coach Desco, Coach Gate, John Wildhack, you know, why this change? Was it he was just playing his cards close to the best and he didn't want to say anything, you know, two, three weeks ago, especially knowing that his team was getting ready to go on this NCAA tournament run and that they were going to be backs against the wall and underdogs in every game they would have theoretically played? Or did he honestly have a change of heart in the last two, three weeks? Or was it that 
people above him said, we are going to make a change one way or another, and it does not involve you being the head coach anymore. So we can play this out one of two ways that there's a news release that comes out that your alma mater, the program that you helped build and that turned you into a Hall of Famer, that that program has shown you the door or that you can decide to step aside of your own volition. I don't know what the answer is. And that's one of the many questions that I'm sure all lacrosse fans, not just folks in central New York have. Well, there, there has been a vocal, uh, group of Syracuse fans that have wanted this to happen, whether it was retire or, or go via being fired and the fan base that wanted it is now getting what they asked for. How do you, uh, it hasn't been made official, but how would you rate Gary Gate as the replacement as the coach of the Syracuse lacrosse program? I mean, look, there's there are very few individuals who could follow up John Desco. Just as 21 years ago, there were very few, if only one individual, who follows up Roy Simmons III. And the fact that John Desco kept things humming along, went out and won his own plethora of national titles as the head coach after being on the staff for all those titles under Simi. I mean, there's a very short list of individuals who can follow up the guy. And so going out and getting arguably the best player in the history of the sport, the individual who is regarded as the Michael Jordan of the sport, you can't help but not be excited if you're a Syracuse fan or even if you're just a lacrosse fan to think that Gary Gate is back coaching men's lacrosse because obviously there's so many similarities with the women's game but so drastically different and so yeah if you're if your Hall of Fame head coach either says I just don't want to do this anymore I can't do it at the level that is required to be a big time D1 head coach in 2021 2022 then going out and getting the guy who is, oh, by the way, already on your payroll just a few doors down and is an alum of your school. I mean, it would be like if Michael Jordan, if there was a universe in which he did not have his debacle as the GM of the Washington Wizards, if he did not have what we've seen so far in him running the Charlotte Bobcats as far as just the on-the-court aspects of of building that franchise imagine if michael jordan was very very good at coaching and it already had a proven track record and was already working for north carolina when roy williams stepped down i mean that is the equivalent of what happened right now with syracuse there's not any person who has picked up a lacrosse stick who does not know the name gary gate whether you're some idiot down in texas who 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 hardly who had hardly even heard of the sport 20 something years ago or you're a kid up now up there right now in central new york one of the first things you learn when you start playing lacrosse is who the gates are and what they meant to the sport specifically gary gate 22 Airgate, all that so it makes sense on a thousand different levels why this would happen. And don't forget, Gary Gate has been in a similar situation before. 20 years ago, he was an assistant coach on the best women's program in the country at the University of Maryland. And he was open and upfront about wanting the men's job when it became open. He was considered the front runner by a lot of 
national publications, or I guess they weren't so much national then. It was mostly the Baltimore media back then, but he was considered the front runner and openly said, yes, I want the chance to coach the Maryland men. And then he was a candidate 10 years ago before withdrawing his name when the Terps hired John Tillman. So getting back to coaching the men's game on the college side is certainly something that it appears has been on Gary Gates' mind before. And you can't help but wonder if he just kind of saw the, the writing on the wall or was reading the tea leaves and was like, if this job at my alma mater, which is possibly the only job I would leave coaching the women's team for, if this job is about to come open, this may be my first, last, and only shot to get it. Because let's be frank, if if you make the right move with your lacrosse team, those jobs don't come open for a while. I mean, John Desco, we just talked right. about it, was the coach for more than two decades after Roy Simmons Jr. was the coach for more than two decades and his father before him and go on down the list. But same thing all over the country. John Donowski and John Tillman have now been at Duke in Maryland for more than a decade now. And you have to think that Lars Tiffany has no plans of leaving Virginia anytime soon with how quickly he's rebuilt things there after some down years at UVA. Dom Starger, who he took over for, was there almost 20 years. So it could be that as much as Gary Gate loves coaching the women's team and would still continue to do a tremendous job and you feel bad that uh, he's not going to get the chance to be the guy in charge whenever they get over the hump and actually get that national title, he might have looked at it and said, if I don't take this job now, I may be John Desco's age or older the next time it comes up. All right, let me hit you up on this. We got Brian Higgins coming up at uh, 1215. He'll talk about this from his perspective. Calls all the lacrosse games for Syracuse University lacrosse. Um, the women's program. Now, I'm not one of those guys that's uh, PC about most things and you know, I hear everybody complaining about not having women's jerseys hanging up in the in the dome and all this other stuff. That that doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'm not a guy about decorations. I do care that you have one of the best programs in the country and a guy who built it. You're poaching off your women's team to to put on your men's team. Uh, that affects the product that the university is putting out. You know, it's not just hey, that looks nice when I go to the dome you could be setting back the women's program badly in this situation. And that's obviously part of the, the calculus for, for John Wildhack. And you can't help but think that, obviously, one, we don't know. I mean, the, the decision might have somewhat been out of his hands or at least made easier for him if Gary Gates said, oh, John Desco's retiring, I want to apply for that job. I want to be considered just like any of the other candidates. So... It may not be the type of thing that, oh, John Wildhack had to go there hat in hand and get on his knees and beg Gary Gate to come coach the men's team because they haven't been to the Final Four in so many years. It may just be as simple as Gary found out John Desco was leaving and he said, this is an opportunity that I want to pursue. Just like any of us, at whatever job or company you may work for, if there's a different job that you want within that company, yeah, your bosses may say, well, we like the job you're doing now. We don't want to take you away from that. But you have every right to say, well, I want to pursue a different opportunity. Now, the second part is I think that John Wildhack and Gary Gate, I'm sure, 
looked at just how strong the women's program is and the kind of stability that they do have and the foundation that he has helped build up over what's nearly been a decade and a half in charge of the Syracuse women's team. And I'm sure that was part of what went into the decision-making, saying, yes, would you rather have Gary Gate as the coach of your team than not? But if Gary is going to pursue something else, and again, we know that there have been other times that men's college jobs have come open that his name has been bandied about. So if it wasn't this instance, perhaps there's another one. Maybe they said the program is in a good spot. So if there's ever a time to make a move, and if there are, we do we feel that there are plenty of ample candidates out there, especially just looking at Gary Gates' coaching tree and players that he's coached, and many of whom have now gone on to become head coaches themselves, that I'm sure that was all part of what went into this, saying, yeah, we, we wish there was a world in which there were multiple Gary Gates, that you could have one coach the men and one coach the women, but it could be that they said, we have other options. The women's program is in a strong position that we feel we can get somebody who can come in and continue just like you're doing. Just like I'm sure 22 years ago, people were like, Roy Simmons Jr., do you really need to retire right now? Things are humming. You're at the top of your game. You're really going to turn this over to one of your assistants. And he said, yeah, it works. We've built a foundation here that you can continue to do what we've been doing for the past several years. So I can't help but think that because of the strength of the women's program, which Gary Gate is directly responsible for, that that wasn't part of the reason that John Wildtack, I'm sure, felt, all right, if, if Gary wants this, I can, I can find somebody to continue his legacy on the women's side. All right. I I agree with you that it's a great hire. I am just saying that in 2021, where we're being like, where everything is, the way things are being handled in 2021, I just don't see how this is a good look for for the university, you know, where everything is equal. I I can't help but think that this, this was in many ways Gary's doing, not, not saying, you know, John Wild or uh, John Desco retiring, but in terms of, that Gary Gate wanted the chance to coach the men's team at his alma mater because we know before he wanted the Maryland job 20 years ago. He was a candidate before ultimately pulling his name from consideration 10 years ago for the Maryland job. So he's been up front before about he's wanted the chance to, to coach college men's lacrosse, and it could be that SU men's lacrosse was the only job for which he would leave the job he had that in this case just happened to be coaching the women's team. So that's, again, one of the thousand questions that I'm sure everybody wants to ask everyone who's involved in this. John Wildhack, John Desco, Gary Gate, and so on. All right, we'll take a quick break. We got Brian Higgins coming up uh, 12-15, which is right now a couple minutes from now. We're running a little late. We got Steve Fonte coming off vacation to join us at 12-45 and Rick Beardsley at 1.30. So we will uh, be hitting this lacrosse pretty hard. It will keep you posted on everything that's going down. Brian Higgins next on Orange Nation on ESPN Radio Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation 
Orange Nation, Pauly Sebelia, Sal Manine. Now we are award-winning again, Orange Nation, because Stephen Fonte has joined us, uh, bringing back the award-winning part of Orange Nation. Steve, how you doing on your vacation? You enjoying it a little bit? Days off, something happens. There's there's always breaking news on my days off. And uh, sure enough, try to take a few days off uh, from radio. Daughter graduated high school yesterday. Got a busy week. A lot of things I got to take care of. And, uh, and sure enough, John Desco retires and uh, Gary Gates going to slide over. And so here we are uh, talking some sports today. Uh, did did you plan the the special ed bump back just for me? That's uh, no, it just came. Knows that's my jam. Just came up. Oh, that is just, uh, just a coincidence. I learned all about special ed from Stephen Fonte, <laughs> the rapper. Uh, he is one of my favorites, also. So, he, but again, Steve does not have it made because here he is working <laughs> when he's supposed to be off. That's right. What what, what was right. your, what was your um, take, Steve? Yeah. Uh, when you, heard, you saw the news. Uh, as most of us did, is a tweet from a uh, lacrosse publication. Yeah. Um, my honest reaction was, wow, this is really happening. Uh, you know, we had, we had heard some rumblings that um, this was a possibility that, you know, John Desco would, would step down and, and retire and that, you know, well, Gary Gate, he's, you know, maybe the greatest lacrosse player to ever live and he's already on campus and he's within the family and, uh, wouldn't that be great if Gary Gate decided to to take over the men's program if John Desco did indeed decide to step away? And so that I, I can't say that I was I was shocked because we've again been hearing rumblings and we've kind of talked about it behind the scenes. Um, but when I heard that it was, you know, that it was happening, that was my reaction. You know, okay, um, you know, here here we go. Uh, it also brings up the question of has he been retired because as of a couple weeks ago he was still working recruiting and uh said twice once before the georgetown game and once after that he wasn't going anywhere if he had a say in the matter yeah i i don't know the answer to that um and and we may not know until we hear from john desco and uh from from what i'm hearing there's going to be a press conference tomorrow uh at 11 a.m um still trying to uh, ascertain whether or not John Desco will be at that press conference or if that's a Gary Gate press conference, but we're hearing that there will be a press conference uh, of some variety uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. to discuss the situation. And, you know, I'm sure we'll hear from John Desco at some point, if not tomorrow, then uh, at some point, and, and he can map it out for us how it all went down. But uh, you're right. I mean, just it was, I think it was last week, Paulie, that you and I were, were talking about the fact that he was on the road recruiting and we had a, an image that we played on News Channel 9 here from, from Instagram of, of him with uh, Joey Spolina, who's the number one recruit in the country for 2022. And, um, it, you know, it, it could be that, that he's known this um, and that he just wanted to make for a smooth transition for the next coaching staff and kind of, you know, shore up the recruits that were, you know, weren't sure about the future um, and then, you know, make for a smooth transition. It sounds like, um, you know, if you go by the release that was sent out today, that he was expecting to, you know, do this on his own terms, announce his retirement at some point this week, and then the the news obviously broke last night with with that report. Um, I can tell you uh, from a source close with the women's team uh, that Gary Gate informed the players today via Zoom, and uh, you know, I from what I understand, it was an emotional meeting for the players for the coach. Uh, again, they found out through social media and through media reports. 
and Coach Gain had not had a chance to address it with the team yet, uh, but he did hold a team meeting via Zoom this morning. Um, you know, he said that he had been offered men's coaching jobs in the past, uh, that he had turned them down, that he loved what he was doing with the SU women's program, but that this was an opportunity that he's wanted for a while and felt like he couldn't pass it up. And um, and so, again, the, the baton has been passed from, from one legend to another. Yeah, that's what jumped out to me with Gary Gate sliding over or leaving one job for the other is we know that he's been in a similar situation before when he was at Maryland 20 years ago and openly said he wanted the chance to coach the men's team. And like he sounds like he alluded to today that he's been offered other opportunities to, to coach men's division one before you can't help but wonder if this was just, this was the only job that he was willing to leave. And I, I can't help but think that it, the fact that the women's program is on such stable footing that they have a great foundation in terms of the players who are there and still have eligibility, how they've recruited over the past several years and his own coaching tree, that I'm sure that was part of why he, I guess, felt that it was, it was the time. If you're ever going to make a move for your quote unquote dream job, this is it because he left that program in a better spot than he found it now 14 years ago. Crazy to think that that's how long he's been in charge of the women. Yeah, um, I, I think you said it very well there, Sal. That you know the women's program is in great shape now, and you know Paulie and I have talked about this uh, to some degree. You know when you look at the the football program, for instance, at Syracuse University, that it's not necessarily a destination job. Men's basketball is, men's lacrosse is, and I think Gary Gate made the women's lacrosse program at Syracuse a destination job. And it won't be difficult for them to keep it in the family if they decide to, right? I mean, there are there no shortage of qualified candidates out there who who played for Gate. Um, I know Kayla Trainer. her name certainly comes up right away. There were reports last night that she uh, was offered the job and turned it down or, you know, had you know didn't have interest in taking the position. But you've got Michelle Tumalo, you've got Katie Rowan, um, you know, Caitlin DeFelice, who's on the staff right now. Uh, Reggie Thorpe, who has ties to the program, he's another name that's going to pop up. And, and Joe Spolina, who's the head coach of the, the Stony Brook women, uh, father of Joey Spolina, wouldn't that be something, um, you know, if he decided – uh, to, to come here and join his son and, you know, if, if it played out like that. Now, Joey, Joe Spillina, not part of the Q's family, so if they decide to go outside the family, I think he's he's a name that would be, you know, at or near the top of the list. But no shortage of candidates who have, have gone through this program and played for Coach Gate if they decide to, you know, to keep it with a Syracuse person. I'm just a guy and on the radio that uh, tells dumb jokes and stuff. You guys both professional broadcasters. Uh, Oh man, Paulie! I don't know if I'm ready for that title. No, no, but like this is there wearing a coat tie. Like this, this is this gets me mad, and it it's it ticked me off with the Coach K thing being leaked, and now with this one. Where do you guys stand? It's not the news's fault that somebody told them it was happening, but where do you stand on this? Without with these stories breaking before the coaches, like uh, someone of Desco's stature, someone of Coach K's stature, doesn't even get to talk to his team yet, or. Or Gary Gate doesn't get to talk to his team yet, and these stories are hitting the news. Um, where do we stand on that? Um, you know, you're, you're, as you said, you're talking to you're talking to two news guys We're here. So it, it, yeah, no, you have right, to yeah. do it. You have to do it, but it just infuriates me that it doesn't. You know, that I'll, the, I'll the issue this. is with whoever is it's in the program. It. Yeah, right. That is leaking it. That you know. 
I mean, that yes. weight a lot tighter. Right. And, you know, you hope that, and we, and I trust that. I mean, inside lacrosse obviously does a great job. I'm not talking about this particular instance. You hope that, though, when when news breaks like this, that it's information that you got on the record and that it wasn't, you know, all right, just yeah. a heads up, this is happening, but you can't say anything. And then, you know, the yeah. journalist crosses the line and releases that information. So, you know, there are times, and I know Sal can speak to this, where we – we know stuff in advance, but we, you know, we have to sit on it until it, be, it can become on the record or it's time. And I'm not saying that's what happened here, but you said, where do I stand? Yeah, on no, it? I get that's that's the part that bothers me is if if somebody does violate that trust just to get a story that bothers me. Um, you know, I think this is an instance where, you know, inside lacrosse got obviously good information on the record and they went with it. I have no problem with that at all. I do sympathize for the players involved, especially the the women's team, to not be able to hear it from their coach that he was, you know, again, you can't blame John Desco for retiring, and not that I blame Gary Gate either. You you, you understand my point though, yes. is that you feel bad for the the players on the women's team that had to find out via social media that their coach is, you know, going across the hall and joining the men's program and leaving the women's program, and he couldn't talk to him in, in advance. So I do feel bad for them. I I just wanted the ethics of it for the layperson to get because there are people in the Twitch chat that also agree that it stinks that the players didn't get to find out through their coaches that that happened. Let's, sure. take, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll have a, one more segment with Steve. We'll talk about what transpired this weekend and our bets on the Belmont Stakes next on ESPN Radio Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation. Orange Nation, Polly Sebelia, Sal Manin for the rest of the week. And uh, we are breaking down now the Yankees-Red Sox series. Red Sox sweep the Yankees. Uh, did you happen to catch any of it, uh, Sal? Because Jordan's I, going to... I did. Jordan's going I, to... I watched all of it, sadly. I Jordan tells me to open some audio. Uh, all right, there we go. And doesn't tell me where it is. There we go. Very good. Yeah, it was only in the in the first folder that popped well, You didn't up. tell me that. It's okay. It's okay. Well, if you don't know, the Yankees got swept by the Red Sox at home for the first time since 2011 over the weekends. Um, it shouldn't be that big of a deal seeing as to the fact Fire that Girardi. <laughs> pretty much. We're still a month away from the All-Star break, oh, but this what? seems pretty bad. Are, are we at the Fire Boon stage yet? I don't know if we are or not. You know who at, should be fired. What do you mean at? They, I, I, they, they passed that a long time ago. I, it, they just do it so quickly at Yankees Yankee fandom that I lose track of who needs to be fired. I think six and a half games back, about sixty what sixty games into the season. They played sixty games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, See, you're looking at this though as somebody who's had to root for the Padres for the last twenty three years. So you look at it and go, oh, they have an above 500 record, whereas Yankee fans don't look at it that no, way. No, I look at it that they're. I look at it logically. Their team is going to be fine. They do. It's going. To, How can you say that? There's 60 games in, Paul. It's going to correct it. There's 100 games left. It's going to correct itself. They've been saying that since the season started. They're more than a third of the way through, and nobody outside of Aaron Judge can hit. 
They ha they're already taxing the bullpen, which the bullpen's good, but as you just saw this past weekend, that doesn't mean that you're going to win every single game because the bullpen couldn't hold leads. This team cannot score runs. They're two they games don't out have of the wild card. Back. They're going to they be They were fine. the prohibitive favorites to win the American League pennant. And they they're the fourth best team in their division. It, they, or, they will catch the rest of the league. Everybody calm down. Just come. I don't think they're making the playoffs unless wow. they drastically change things. I don't think this team is presently constructed as making the playoffs. You know what doesn't help them make the playoffs? When the home plate umpire is against you. And last night oh, on Sunday God night sakes. baseball, with a full count, ninth inning, winning run on third, we had one of the worst calls I've ever seen by a home plate umpire. Winning run at third. The 3-2. Three. Oh, my goodness. Barnes gets a call on a curveball to send this game into extra innings. Wow. It's the most hype ball I've ever heard. Oh, my goodness. It, it was like a foot outside. It was an egregious call. I'm not, getting mad, over, I'm not getting mad over a strike call. They, they screw those up all the time. What about a it, ball call? It was egregious. I, I just think that reinforces we need robo-umps yes! calling balls and oh, strikes. Oh, for God, no. Robo-umps, bee-boop-bop, strike. Oh, wait, wait, you're against this, Paulie? Yes. Oh, I, I love it. We need robo-umps, ban the shift, move the mound back, start actually policing sticky stuff, change it all, make baseball great again. I think, I think I'm think i with you on the shift. The, 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 the robo-umps, no. No way. Why? If you have the technology, why not do it? Because that's not part of the I've game. Actually, I, right. I actually have seen this in action. I, I, I did a story before the pandemic, so 2019, on one of the AAA teams tried this out, and it works. They have an ump behind the plate, and somebody just in his ear, where he's wearing an earpiece, just says, ball or strike, and so all he has to do is worry about foul balls and plays at the plate and check swings, But he doesn't like even that. have to worry about those because they review them. It, no, I, the balls and strikes need to say, stay like being called by the actual no. umpires. I like Sa I like what I Sal like a just good argument. About. Have I the like... home plate umpire go Millie Vanilli. He's not even doing anything. <laughs> there's, there's nobody. There's no reason to get kicked out of games anymore. So that's <laughs> what that's you're one of the reasons. Ample opportunity to go to go argue with. Are you going to go beat the robot <laughs> up with a bat? Come on, Lou Vanilla would do some damage to a robo ump if he had the chance. And, and think about all the jobs that'll be lost. Oh, come. <laughs> No, you can't do that on a major league level. What jobs? The umpire's still there. Hey, you don't talk Math facts to me. Math is hard. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll get back to the John Desco story. Uh, we'll have Rick Beardsley on. We'll have uh, Sal interview him and break down all the lacrosse facts. <laughs> Sausage Next, Parm on the way. On ESPN Radio Syracuse and Q Sports Talk on Twitch.